Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. to the 282nd episode of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, but more importantly, back from knock, knock, knocking on death's door is my co-host, Matt. Yeah, can I just go back to being dead now? (laughs) (laughs) He's dead now, and he's left me in charge. That's right. (laughs) I was always in charge. (laughs) Holy shit. What a a time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what interesting times to be alive in for a Matt Psyop who thought he was going to get out of talking about Blythe with me. I know, right? I, 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 dude, I, I went and got COVID to try to avoid doing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is entirely not true and completely <laughs> dangerous to put out there into this world. Yes, yes, that is. Yeah, don't, that, people, that's, that, I, I got it on accident, like how most people get it, just, it, was not on purpose. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't licking doorknobs. All he did yeah. was be in the proximity of trust, family members. Trust me, I'd rather review Blythe a hundred times than I fucking have COVID. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Which, a spoiler alert for everybody for the review, we actually delayed this. I offered to do the movie first on my own, and then maybe later with another guest. And you were like, no, I really want to talk about this. This is going to be a good show. We can do this. I'm like, all right, I'll wait till you're better then. And I'll just keep shifting the schedule around. Which if 
you paid attention to the scheduling document, I definitely was shifting movies around as I was making my choices to try and fill in until you yeah. felt up to it. And last week was my decision. I was like, he's going to be feeling better, but I would rather have him be closer to fighting shape than it was, anything it was else. good that you did that because I don't know how good the show could have been because like, I don't know how many times you go, Matt, and me go, what? What are we doing? Because that's <laughs> kind of how that show would have gone. <laughs> it would have been the sound of crickets and my frustrated sighing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, All right, Matt, go ahead. What's your next point? Um, What are we talking about again? <laughs> well, and I was I was very benevolent when uh, you were like, yeah, I'll be better in a day. You know, I, I just yeah. need I just need a day to rest. I'm like, no, if we don't record today, I said it to myself. I'm like, if we don't record today, you're not going to get better and I'm going to be hosed. And I was like, yeah, I'll give them tomorrow. We'll see what happens. And then when you were like, I need to do it Wednesday, I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, it, just, it was not happening. I, I couldn't. I, I just Every day I was like, okay, tomorrow has to be, it can't get any worse. And um, yeah, you don't say that with COVID because yeah, every day got a little worse. You can't even say things like, I hope it gets a little better because yeah, no, it, it doesn't. No, because it, it, instead it would just get a lot worse. I went a week and a half without eating anything. Well, you had no choice. It's not like you basically said, I'm not going to eat i mean you kept getting sick no, my, i had no appetite whatsoever it just went away and then i just was throwing up twice a day uh dry heaving bile coming up it was just the fucking worst at least it didn't make it to your lungs because you don't yeah, have great lungs to begin with <laughs> you, you know yeah um and thankfully yeah i never settled into my chest so i got I got real lucky on that one. When you get bad colds, though, you always tend to get them like where it migrates to your stomach. That's just where it drains down to because you're yeah, almost uh, always getting queasy sick on just a regular cold, too. Yeah. I'll, uh, when I get a cold, yeah, it tends to settle into my stomach a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. My stomach typically takes the brunt, the stomach or my tonsils because I still have them. And the docs are like, you probably shouldn't. But now it's like a major surgery to remove them. So, but uh, yeah, that's what the docs are saying. They're like, mm you know, uh, your, your tonsils are going to be the first thing always hit. So that's why I almost always have a sore throat when I get a cold. And then, yeah, for some reason, it just hits my stomach. I still have my tonsils. I never got mine removed either. And and it's not everybody. But once you get tonsillitis a few times, then it's over. Then you're constantly always going to get it. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know if I've ever even had tonsillitis because, yeah, you'd think I would have them out, but I've never had them out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, this yeah. is more uh, the health of your co-hosts with Matt and Court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's health. It's the healthy corner with Matt and Court. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it already hit my house. And I talked about that the last couple of weeks on the show. And I was giving everybody updates on you. And I also digged on you quite a bit on both of the shows. Talking That's shit, good. You know, <laughs> with the excuse that I know you will never listen to a show you're not on. So it doesn't matter. I mean, my fucking, I don't even believe those shows exist. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, Matt, that's not a show. No, no that's not a show. Fuck that. <laughs> There's nothing else going on. I can't hear the dulcet tones of my own voice. I don't give a fuck about this. I love me some me. And if I <laughs> can't have me, then what the fuck's the point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. So uh, Blythe is a really probably some of the more obscure shit that we've gotten on this show. Uh, there's no American trailer for it in before the Blu-ray that I got from Severn as part of one of those package deals for the Italian, all the all the Italian movies that they did whenever they released this and Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, which we've already covered and yeah. uh, Paganini Horror, which we've already covered. There, there was like a, th a three pack of these that they, they were kind of selling together with a package of a couple other Blu-rays. And this was another one of those ones 
that it just came along and I wanted Paganini Horror and I wanted Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, believe it or not. And uh, this one was a pleasant surprise, I will say. I was not expecting what I got at all because all I saw was the title Blythe. I had no idea that the full title was Demon of Incest because had yeah. I known that, this would have been a lot faster skyrocketed to yeah. a, a yeah, sooner yeah, number. <laughs> We'd have, we had been we had already reviewed this six times, <laughs> right? Because you know how I like to talk about movies with incest because of how uncomfortable it makes you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Evidenced by our clips. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. Just fucking incest already. We're just trying to prolong the amount of time that happens before we watch this brother and sister fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's all this is. <laughs> 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 and that really is all this is. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily with this film, but with that uh, Linda and Abilene. That's what it was. That was the whole yeah. plot was they're just prolonging was, the story till those two fuck. That was the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> But not since Linda and Abilene have we had a film this fucking sexy with this much overt incest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there <laughs> staring you in the face and they don't quite give it to you. They, it's a thing. They leave you hanging. <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> well, Thank the you. fact the fact that it's hanging there but we don't actually get to see it. So actually watching the incest happen? Not a thing. I mean sort of. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really a thing. But longing it's kind for of it a thing, the whole but not really. Yeah, longing for it for the entire story? It's a thing. Yeah. Actually that getting thing actually getting delivered sex scene that is incest not a thing <laughs> so there you go that's our review for blind we'll see you guys there next you go. Week. we're done all right see you guys <laughs> all right so there's no trailer for this because of how rare it is um i couldn't find a soundtrack even anywhere and there was hardly any music in the film that didn't have sound effects or something else over top of it so there is like one thing there's like the opening credit music i was able to snag out of the film because the closing credits were just like it's over go home that was it yeah and yeah, was pretty the, much the, there was there's no there's... music there for me everything else has like horse trotting sounds and the clopping on cobblestones or like yeah. the sound of a wet boot getting jammed into mud. Only wetter. <laughs> yeah, only much wetter. Or sometimes drier, depending upon Ben Shapiro and his wife are in the scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> much drier. <laughs> like the sound of a bone being scraped against a wooden chair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I did was I was able to get the opening credits and then I did my best to find some music that will fit with the movie again. But a Italian gothic incest opus kind of makes it hard to find music that fits when you're going royalty free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I did my best. Uh, there's no trailer. There will be no clips because it was in a foreign language and subtitled. Uh, this is going to be a very slim, very this lean be a show. Slim show. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a Perfect. lot. To there's a lot to talk about in the movie though too. So we yeah. should probably stop buffooning about. No matter how perfect excited we for are. my first show back, it can be lean. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So we're going to take the break here. We're going to play the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have the music I snagged right out of the opening credits of Blythe, and when we come back, we'll start the review because that's all we got. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar for those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on. Well, how about you give me a shout at 
bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. from the opening credits that I was talking about. <laughs> there you go. That's all I got that's actually from this movie that can give you an idea of what is going on in this movie until you hear Matt's review. All right, life. Demon of incest! Um, the first 20 minutes. Well, we see a couple, we open up with a couple boning. Um, And we find out, though, that the dude and the woman boning, they're not together. He has a wife, uh, and she seems to be a mistress of the night. Um, We find out that his wife, he is too virtuous, uh, according to him, to have the, to have sex. So she's, she's, uh, she she doesn't believe sex is important uh, and it doesn't lead to a, uh, a good life, apparently. So uh, he goes to this lady. She basically feels like the very extreme Catholic view on sex where it's only for procreation. That's the only reason for it. Yeah. Like any probably kind of, yeah, type thing like that. Yeah. Religious reason. Right. Um, uh, either that or she is secretly a lesbian and is disgusted by her husband, but she had to marry to please her family. And now yeah, she's trying to back keep then, I mean, it happened. If gay you're killed <laughs> more or less <laughs> let's yeah. face it that that could um, possibly be it or maybe she just isn't interested in him and it's an arranged marriage and she's grossed out by him but that's his excuse yeah. for banging hoes yes well anyway he uh pays and leaves and we see he's uh, uh some sort of military man or police officer or something so <laughs> i like the leaves. I like the whole thing where he tries again, but she's like, oh, you're out of time and I'm really exhausted. You were far too exuberant last time. And yeah, then she tells him you got to move on. <laughs> you went too hard. You know, that's just going to make him go to the bar and go, dude, I swear to God, the hooker paid me. I swear. <laughs> clip <laughs> also where he's like yeah but i was finding the bottom of that just fine yeah it's all right, you know i cost her a whole afternoon's work once i was done huh, huh, huh. boom <laughs> masculine 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's the sort of shit that's going on. Mm, toxic masculinity. <laughs> so um, after he leaves, we see someone comes in who she doesn't know wearing a dark cloak. We know that she doesn't in. know them because she asks, who are you? What are you she doing She asks, here? who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets murdered by him. And so, you know, she, you know, this is not going well for her. And he, they murder her with a three-pronged blade. Yeah, she totally had port. reason to suspect that the person was there for no good means because she didn't recognize them because they do in fact kill her with the yes. trident knife yes so i mean that was uh that was that was not good for her <laughs> no i'm pretty sure that being brutally murdered after fornicating with a guy for money is not the way she wanted to go out it's probably a, a bummer way of uh leaving the world she yeah. didn't even get to spend her hard-earned earnings <laughs> And then we go into the title sequence. Um, so then uh, the, we cut to the, uh, we see the f- authorities are investigating the murder and they're going to believe checking into the clients. Uh, the townspeople kind of watch her body be taken out and we see a young man, man a young man ride up on a uh, white horse. Well, that same man, he gets home, back to his home and he's super excited because he finds out his sister is back after a year away. The, uh, by the way, I wrote down no names because there was no way I was going to try to pronounce any of that motherfucking shit. I think they're so, different if you got the German dub versus the Italian dub anyway. I think the names yeah. are a little different. They, uh, well, the brother and sister find each other and they seem really, really happy to see each other. Too happy to see one another as a brother and sister. Too happy. Kind of Lannister happy to see each other as brother and yeah. sister. Yeah, really? It's a, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a roll tide happy to see your brother and sister. Um. While touring the grounds and kind of looking over the house, she actually tells him that she got married. Well, he blows a fucking gasket, saying that she had promised that they would be together forever. It was a promise they made when they were young towards one another. Um, She tells him that, you know, they don't let brothers and sisters be together like that. She specifically says in the Italian dub, marry. They don't let brothers and sisters get married. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously there's some sort of inappropriate relationship here. Oh, okay, um, so- I, I have a question for you. At this point, while you're watching yeah. the movie, do you already suspect that they have been in love for a very long time and did something about it and were forced apart by shocked family members that were trying to stop that sort of thing? I don't know if I felt like they were forced apart because she even says, you should have come with me when she left. I believe she, but I do believe she wanted to see the world and he like he likes his little town. He likes his area where she wanted to see more of the world. I think he's very happy happy in his home there with his horse and all that kind of stuff because he has also an unhealthy attachment to his horse so i don't feel like they're torn apart but yes they definitely love each other in an inappropriate manner and they definitely did something about it okay but you don't think the family members stepped in to try and i don't think there was any no i don't think there are any family members to do that and i think she just is uh, probably more of an adventurer than he is and so she wanted to see the world. And so she's like, I'll just be gone a year. And because she tried to get him to go with her, apparently. So okay. she even says that. Yeah, so, I missed that part of it because I was under the yeah. assumption I was under the assumption that she was forced to go away because someone didn't like the fact that they were getting it on like they were getting it on. But no, you, you believe I, that they had gotten it on before this point. Like oh, they definitely got it on before. Yeah, they yes, threw down quite extensively. Okay, good. I think so. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page for that. I agree with you because I did not hear that information of her saying that she chose to go away um but i did hear the part where she said or read the part where she said uh you know could have came with me but not that he chose to stay when she left i thought she was forced to go and he 
stayed, even though he could have gone too. Yeah. So then she takes him and, of course, introduces him to her new husband. Uh, and it's a very awkward meeting, as you would uh, uh, imagine. This, on, this husband... has the ex-boyfriend meeting the new boyfriend or the ex-fiance meeting the new husband feel this to has, it. This has old high school boyfriend meeting new college boyfriend written all over it. Yeah. And the, the palpable jealousy and discomfort is there. Like you could, Oh, yeah. You, you could cut the tension with the back half of a butter knife. Yeah, uh, no doubt. <laughs> um, anyway, later on, well, the husband and the sister are together. Um, he says, like, he does not seem to like him, but she says he's being crazy, of course. They uh, have a quick kiss, and we see the bro is watching. Well, he runs inside the house, and he's kind of having memories of back when they used to bone. So they kind of had a flashback of them boning. That is them, right? That's not just... See, I was thinking that... See, that's that- what I thought I thought it was them. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe it was like his fantasy world of them being together like what, you know, they're they're teasing us with the idea of have they or have they not already? Um upon finishing the film, I definitely feel that they have. So I I agree. On the rewatch in this case I'm like this is not his fantasy, this is his fantasy slash memory of when they were getting it on. Yeah, I think it was his memory. Not a fan- I mean it wasn't of course happening right then. But it, it, that's a memory of something that had happened, not a fantasy of something he wanted to happen. Well, it's something that to has me. happened, but he wants to have happen again and is fantasizing okay. about. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all of it. <laughs> Basically, um, it's it's just this. We're just trying yes. to prolong the amount of time that happens before we watch this brother and sister fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's all this is. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That is all this is. So the sister comes in and she kind of talks to him and she says, hey, it's time for tea. And in, with her and her husband. So he joins and then she leaves the brother and husband to talk to try to get closer acquainted. Um, the husband like tries to connect with them by horse riding. He goes, what about hunting? And the brother's like, no, I, I can't stand hunting. I can't stand killing things. But they find out they're both into sword play, like swordsmanship. So fencing particularly. A, yes, fencing. And they kind of have a little sparring session and they start to get way into it. But the bro gets into it more, including cornering the husband at one point and slashing all around his neck while the husband's defending himself they keep going and the sister walks in she tries to break it up and the brother actually cuts her arm on accident so he runs off because he freaks out so he runs out and he sees kind of he runs into the stable and was is hugging his horse because he, he has inappropriate attachments to just about every living being um <laughs> yeah he's an odd duck yeah and while he's in there uh a couple is bone it seems to be his uh, servants. His two servants are having sex in there. He watches for a little bit, and then he runs out, and then that ends our first 20 minutes. So he obviously has... This issues. horse sex is a thing. <laughs> I thought it was going to be at one point when the way he was holding that horse and hugging it, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's right. happening? Yeah, so we got 20 minutes in. Yeah. This brother and sister have clearly had some kind of carnal knowledge of each other in their more recent history before she went away. I was suspecting she was forced to go away because she was about to have a flipper baby and they didn't want any of the people in the town to know. Is that offensive see, to say flipper think... baby? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure anymore. It's so hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> if but it's the product I... of incest, you don't blame the child. But at the same time... <laughs> Incest does make mutations happen, so, you know. At at the same time, again, roll tide. Um, (laughs) Right. That's what I was suspecting, is that That's how you... I mean, brother and sister's hooking up is how you get Mitch McConnell. So, anyway... (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought that was leaving too many eggs on the beach. That could be it too. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's why I started rooting for the predators and all those nature shows. Yeah, get those turtles. <laughs> These are not of the um, teenage mutant ninja variety. I don't care. Yeah. So anyway, um, and yeah, the way I see it is this: because we know their father died when they were young. Um, and I believe then because maybe they were just preteens. That it's like, well, they have an estate. Let's just leave them alone. You know, I mean, officials weren't gonna send them into burden the state like into an orphanage they have an estate and money to fall back on and property so and it's probably left to the and the, depending upon what age brother. what depending upon age he was whenever his father died he could have gotten a dukedom anyway because it doesn't matter yeah. if you're a child because you have servants to keep an eye on you and make sure you're doing everything right exactly so yeah. there was no one to separate them because they were heads of the house right. i just believe that the sister is a an adventurous soul while the brother is kind of this is my home this is where i feel comfortable this is just where i want to be you know yeah i was kind of thinking it was a pregnancy scandal whether she fled without telling him that she was gonna have their yeah. child or I, if whatever. you go back and watch it in in when they are arguing in the courtyard after she tells him she married uh he said you never should have went away and then she does say you should have come with me so that's why i don't think anybody forced them apart yeah no i agree with you there i just didn't I don't remember like seeing that or I must have missed that even both times that I watched it. But I Cuz that's what I was looking for. Exactly what you just said. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. But there's a thing that they're talking about with a ritual later on in the movie and I think that whenever this had happened before, that's what resulted in creating the baby that she it basically she chose to go away to hide the fact that she got knocked up. Is how I looked yeah. at her or how I interpreted it. It was it was heavily hinted at because her current husband and her have been trying to have children and hasn't been able to so what if she got a special procedure that made it to where she couldn't have kids again and that kind of thing like that's what i was kind of glomming from this yeah it's there you go it, it, it i don't know if there's enough evidence or if it's just maybe, me maybe trying that to add still more happened, drama in there yeah maybe that still happened but just no one had to send her away because you know she's just like now i that happened maybe she had the procedure to terminate the pregnancy and then she can't get pregnant anymore so that's why she decided to leave to kind of go see the world and maybe to get away from the house a little bit and then she suckered this poor bastard in and made him feel like it's his yeah. fault because he's significantly older than her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're kind of on the same page, and there's a lot more drama to be read into what's going on and being shown on the screen, but I really like that the mystery of this movie is not so much what is happening in front of us in the film. The mystery is more... Yeah. How did we get here? Like what Yeah, what happened to bring us here? Yeah, what what's going on with these two characters and why is this getting more and more creepy the more they are together after being separated for so long? Yeah. <laughs> that's the well, kind of that's the story. It's not uh, the murders and who's doing the killing. That's not the story. The real story is what the fuck is going on with this Lannister clan here. Yeah, right. Well, we start the next 20 minutes. He's outside and he's kind of trying to get his bearings, the brother. And he hears a woman's laugh. He runs to the back into the house into his room and there's that woman from the stable. She's in his bed naked. Well, they start making out for a bit and it looks like they're going to bone, but he can't do it and he stops. Uh, she asks if what they say about him is true. That's all she asks. So that can infer so many things. He freaks out and he roughs her up a bit and calls her a slut and then he leaves. Um, Question he for you. Off. Yeah. A couple of times when she was getting it on in the stable and he was watching and enjoying it, did that not look like it was his sister with that guy in his fantasy world? She has the same color hair as her as right. sister does. It's I think yeah. it's intentional. So, the filmmakers have been doing this where yeah. 
every sex that we're seeing or all of the somewhat would-be victims of the killer side of it are looking very much like the sister that he can't have and therefore they are like a way to get rid of that stress with this three-pronged knife kind of thing that's what Mm. i was kind of getting even some of the other ones that may not look as much like it's almost like they replaced the actresses for just a couple of frames because it tricks your brain into thinking you're seeing the same actress i i agree yeah um well as he runs off he finds a building on their property which almost seems to be kind of like a a storage building um and he goes into the building uh and then uh, it cuts to that woman he was with she gets a visitor it's the dude from the stable who she boned um and then he's begging to be let into the room because he probably wants to get banged again and she's just not in the mood uh then we cut to and it looks like the brother's in the room and he's praying but in the movie the subtitles it says he's he's reciting a spell yeah it's well i mean reciting a spell well, it's kind of a prayer. Depends it's, upon your God. It is. Anyway, Same he thing. is in a he is in a sense he is praying. Um, and then we go back to the lady. She's uh, asleep. Uh, and then she's woken up, and we see a person in a dark cloak, and she is killed by this person again with the three pronged knife. But then her body is dragged away, and we cut to the next day. The authorities are talking about it, and they say she was dragged into a park. So she was dragged away from where she was killed. Uh, There's some decent she, detective work with these old timey cops guys yeah. too where they're like well there was no blood pulled up where she was left she was clearly dropped there which means that the killer was not concerned with getting caught just no. needed to get the body gone from wherever it was yeah and then there, it looks it almost looks like in this town the judge also runs investigations uh because that's almost the main investigators the judge um he's been at so, it the longest i would imagine that he probably started out being a constable in the town before he worked his way up so probably. he probably has a very hands-on approach either that or they couldn't afford more of a cast so they just combined two parts and the judge became the investigator exactly <laughs> um the uh, authorities talk with the sister and she states how her bro had a nervous breakdown when he heard about the murder um the sister states that he's had episodes like this before right after their father died he would she found him in the bushes foaming at the mouth repeating a word it was like a foreign name but she couldn't tell she can't remember what that name was. So then uh, the husband takes the uh, judge to the bro and the judge talks to him and the bro said he didn't really know the servant that well. He knew him as about as well as you can know any servant. You can tell the line of questioning is bothering him as he keeps knocking over chess pieces. Uh, yes, the judge does ask. He goes, you know, this is unpleasant, but were you a client of the of the first woman? He goes, because she knows that she had, he knows that she had very powerful clients. Aristocrats. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the bro still is having issues and he's kind of, he says he wasn't a client of hers or anything like that. Uh, he said, there's one other person who you could check and that's the young man who works on the property. He goes, but he's almost positive and sure of his innocence. So the judge thanks him for his time and he leaves. So uh, obviously you can tell the bro's having problems. I don't think the judge is really noticing it though, because I think the judge is like, well, he's a duke. What the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, he's definitely got that whole aristocrat um, protection where he's told that he's the judge is told that the guy is upset about the murder. It's the murder itself that's upset him. So asking him a bunch of questions in lieu of the murder is going to just upset him worse. So the judge is letting it slide. Yeah. Because of the whole aristocrat protection thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's a person above suspicion until there is no other, you know. Until there's just, until it's 
just totally clear that you need to suspicion. He is suspicious. <laughs> yeah, that he is uh, definitely the one doing it. Until he's caught red-handed, essentially, I mean, he is a citizen acting above pretty suspicion. Fucking, he's acting pretty fucking sus right now. So Right. Uh, for the for the casual moviegoer, it really only takes the first murder before you know what's going on when yeah, it comes to exactly. who's doing the killing. Uh, that's not the problem. It's what drove that killer to do what they're doing. That's the thing that we're trying to figure out, and that's the story we're being told. Yeah, so... Um, they, uh, so then the authorities look through this kind of this other guy's stuff and they find blood on his clothes and they take him away. The, uh, so, you know, now everyone thinks they may have found the murderer. Uh, later on the bro and sister, well, they have a little frolic around, you know, where they kind of run around and he tells her that he has a secret, but his lips are eternally sealed. And so they do this little thing they've been doing since they were kids in which she kisses his on the lips to get him to talk. It's, they says, rub no. It's like a sequence that's like a combination They rub eyes together, like where they go eye to eye, and then they rub nose, and then she kisses his lips. Yeah, it's a really weird game for a brother and sister to play. It's not, yeah, it's not, that's, it's not normal. It's, (laughs) that's not normal. (laughs) No, it's okay if say the two of you are not related and or are still consenting adults and that's none of my business I just don't want to see it uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean like I'm having a hurdle to get over with watching incest happen when it's not in a movie and that's only because I want to creep you out that I keep watching these movies yeah yeah right <laughs> okay so uh, he does say though he tells her he doesn't tell her what's exactly going on but he says he's losing control and he needs her help and that ends that 20 minutes so um, he's pretty much all but coming out and telling her hey listen I'm I'm killing people and I can't stop myself clip yeah clip <laughs> alright this is very clearly a serial killer biopic that we already know the guy's the serial killer but the movie's trying to make you think well maybe he's not the serial killer the question really at this point is why is he doing this killing clearly he's very disturbed and being triggered by women that turn him on and look like his sister but are not his sister because that's all he he has an obsession of his sister yeah he has a very serious sexual obsession with his sister he believes he's 100 percent in love with her but really he is just sexually obsessed and lusting after her um this is this is not like a healthy loving relationship that also happens to involve some type of consensual sex this is a dark obsession that just so happens to be his sister. Like, it doesn't matter who she is. It's just a dark obsession that he has. It just so happens that it is his sister. <laughs> like, that's the kind of angle I'm taking with this as to why this is more disturbing. This isn't a brother and sister who were left alone on a farm and decided to enjoy each other's bodies one day and decided there was nothing wrong with that. No, they're, they're left alone in a castle and decided to enjoy one of each other's bodies one day. <laughs> did they, or did he rape his sister and she just loves him enough to forgive her him? Like, Oof, I mean, yeah, see, that's a question, but <laughs> she has some sort of feelings for him too that are inappropriate. It's not just on his side. Well, she loves him, yes, but I do not feel that her sexual desires extend to him I feel like she loves him enough to take one for the team <laughs> again and I the only reason I argue that is because when she was really mad that he didn't come she he didn't come with her on her trip I, I really think the inappropriate relationship goes both ways I think he's much more obsessed than she is but I believe she fed into it and I believe they had a romantic love relationship that wasn't forced on anybody it just it's something that happened between those two they are very much two Lannisters. They're Lannisters. It's very much like that. 
All right. Well, the thing that makes me think that there might be an even darker and more twisted component to this that involves sexualized abuse of sorts um, hasn't shown up yet in the film. So when we get to that, I'll kind of talk about that again. Okay. But I the, the the obsession section that's happening here with like how darkly obsessed he is, lusting after his sister, started making me feel more uncomfortable about this than just a normal incestuous relationship because oh, his love up. his love for his sister is clearly unhealthy. Beyond on the fact that they are sexually attracted to each other. Her love yeah. for him is perfectly fine and healthy, except for the fact that she is sexually obsessed with her own brother and there's stuff that can go wrong with incest. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like if they're going to have kids, that's where the problem really comes in. But if they're just a brother and sister that are enjoying each other's company physically and emotionally, I'm fine with that. You know, that's cool. Let them enjoy that. But he's getting it to the point where in any other kind of relationship, the way that this guy is obsessed is like, a Trent Reznor love song. Yeah, it's it, it. Even if this was, they were not brother and sister, and he had these feelings. It's obsessive. Yeah, it's like fucking stabbing Westward's second album, sick. <laughs> I don't, I don't relationship. Know what that means. Somebody out there fucking got that, goddammit. it! And somebody out there punched the air and went, "Yeah, <laughs> somebody. There has to be somebody." <laughs> All right, so we start the next 20 minutes. Uh, the uh, bro is hanging out in his sister's wardrobe, kind of just touching clothes, being creepy. And then he hears <laughs> his sister and her husband getting it on, so he watches them have sex. He has somewhat of a fit. Um, I thought he was jerking it, but yeah. Yeah, he but he has a fit of of jealousy and runs off later on the husband and the sister they're riding horses and they are talking about the husband says that the brother shouldn't be enclosing himself so much and he needs to meet more people his age so he wants to have a party and he's going to invite his cousin as well and the wife agrees basically Uh, he's saying i married your sister dude here's my cousin as a consolation prize stop trying to fuck my wife yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what this guy's saying. He's like, look, I know you guys were into some freaky shit. Let me offer you a consolation prize of my hot cousin that looks kind of like the sister you want to fuck. Oh my God, that's a clip. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we get to the party time and the cousin gets there and she is indeed beautiful and looks an awful lot like a blonde version of our main actress. Yeah. And the bro is actually very interested in her and they are talking with one another. And then the bro looks up and the sister is just staring them down while he's trying to have this conversation with the, and he's flirting with the cousin. Um, the sister is staring him down, which tells me she also has a very inappropriate relationship with her brother because you could tell the jealousy was palpable there. Yes, it's at this point that I felt like I saw jealousy in her eyes too, but I don't feel like it was an unhealthy jealousy other than this forbidden love they can't have each other and Yo, yeah, it's, it's not it's fair mainly, sh- yeah yeah it's just a it's a it's a, it's the incest that's the problem there um <laughs> well we'll beg to differ on that side of it okay oh. <laughs> the problem so, the problem is with how obsessively dark he gets with the love and the real problem here is this whole entire time this movie's going on oh my god just fucking incest already <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's just not going to happen, Court. I know. So, um, anyway, the husband is meeting with investigators at this point, and they bring in a priest. And the priest says the crimes are being done by the demon Blythe. Right as he says that, the sister enters the room. She hears it, and she remembers that name. Um, the priest then talks about how he knows demons, and that Blythe has the face of an angel, and he kills using a three-bladed knife. Um... 
That night, the sister is having nightmares, and uh, she and the husband both wake up. And she says the name Blythe is the name that she had heard before, and she said she heard it because her brother would, that's the word her brother would say over and over again while he would have his fits. After the father died. It's very important yeah. to note that these fits yes, started all after, after the, the father, father died. died. Yeah. The um, husband checks out a book about Blythe, and he asks the priest how you would go about calling for a demon. And the priest shows him the spells, stuff that we, you know, the brother has maybe into. They actually, what, while he's going over that, they actually show the brother doing the things that are being described when yeah. he reads that book. Like, you actually, and, it's literally, like, as he's saying, first yeah. you pour the cup of blood upon the altar, the brother there's like mm, one cup of blood poured upon the altar like it's, it's like we're getting an ingredients on how to demon summon and the brother is doing it as the the as the husband is reading it out it's pretty a cool sequence actually yeah it's pretty fucking neat <laughs> in the they asked about getting Blythe out of a human and the priest says an exorcism would be needed and when he, when he asked what would happen if Blythe was just allowed to stay in a person and he said that person would then kill and live in incest which other than so the killing part doesn't sound so so bad. So apparently they will kill, and then they will live in Mississippi. <laughs> apparently they will kill and take the name of Lannister for the rest of their days. <laughs> um, so then we cut with the bro. He's out riding horses with that cousin. They race horses, and they're having a real playful good time. Uh, as they get done riding the horses, he tells her that he's never that he forgets about everything when he's with her, that he, he forgets about all the bad stuff, and that he, he's never felt like this before about anybody except for his sister. <laughs> and, you know, the cousin kind of goes, whoa, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, no, I meant, you know, I've only loved my sister the way a brother should. And she goes, oh, okay, I understand. And I'm like, do you? Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, the only way that he's ever loved his sister is definitely not how a brother should, according to Matt's moral code. That's the, exactly right. Um. <laughs> he then kind of freaks out and he rides off and she goes chasing him and as he rides off he sees a man in a dark cloak riding a white horse coming for him and that cuts into now we're uh that's that 20 minutes and we're coming up into the final really quick here uh -huh. there is some ritualistic talk we do see the ritual being performed as it's happening and the ritual is specifically for summoning the demon Blythe. Now, we hear later on that this chamber was the father's chamber. Now, yes. the father's notes for summoning the demon Blythe and the ritual for being able to do it are what the son here is screwing around with now that he is a grown man. I want to point out that the father died before the son started screaming the name Blythe. Yes, so I, did the I, father cause this? There is some... And there's going to be the, more stuff coming up right, here in yeah, the there's, final there's, 20. There's some more stuff in the final 20 that we need to talk about, but I want to set this up because it really is heavily implied at this moment that the father is the one that messed with this ritualistic horse shit and that somehow his father is the one that brought Blythe into the family. So the demon of incest was summoned into the family by the father. Yes. Is what they're heavily implying in this sequence. I want to stress that because yes. it's very important to what I will be discussing at the end of the film. So here we go. All right. So in the final 20 minutes starts with the husband and the sister. They're going through their father's stuff uh, or his her father's stuff. And they find they find out the father died by fire. And he finds a whole bunch of like ritualistic spell papers with words written on them. They're kind of half burnt up. But they re read much like calling the demon blight. The husband asks then, why did the lord of the house? So, like, I don't know if this is the father or who, 
but somebody had to leave and they left for England. And then the um the wife she has to come clean and she says, yeah, it was to an escape a witchcraft trial. So members of that family were going to be put on trial for witchcraft. Yes. So already now things are kind of forming here. Though the brother comes back and he's kind of almost seems drunk on his horse. He's without the cousin and he's only saying that the man in black came for him. Um, the bro is obviously in a state and he keeps talking about the man in the black cape. The husband keeps asking where his cousin is because he's getting concerned. And the brother's just too delirious speaking gibberish about riding his horse to be useful to anybody. Uh, he's also talking about how someone came up and rode up to him repeatedly. Yes, the man in black. Black Kate came up to him. The town forms a search party, and they're looking around, and the search party finds her. She is the cousin. She is dead with the three-blade cut on her neck. The judge decides that they're all, you know, uh, while they're figuring things out, the judge decides they're going to let the brother, because of his state, stay in the house, but under heavy guard. But he has to interrogate him now. The sister asks that maybe they still wait, but he says they cannot, and he he goes to interrogate him. Uh, Now your aristocraticness has reached its limit. Um, for this judge, apparently. Well, the husband kind of goes on the deck and he overhears the judge talking to a group of uh, sol- or soldiers or policemen that the brother's missing and they need to go find him. So a whole posse gets together and heads out. The husband um, is talking to this, his wife and she says that he had a secret that he wants to tell her, but he can't make himself do it. She begs her husband to help her brother. And so he agrees and says that when he does find him, they are all going to leave and head back to Rome and they're never going to come back to this place. That's the only way they can save him and avoid a scandal, of course. Yeah. He asks where he would be, and she states that he would be at the abandoned village that he likes to visit that's right next to him. Um, the husband then goes looking for him, and he sees a man in a black cape on a white horse. As he goes looking, he sees uh, that it's the... Um, he sees that this man is coming, and it's, like, charging at him. So he takes out a gun, and he shoots off a couple rounds, but he gets knocked off his horse. Did that kill him? I believe so, because we don't really see him alive after that, do we? Yeah, we don't see him again. I just didn't know maybe he got knocked out. I'm pretty sure that he was murdered, yeah. Yeah. So the bro comes back home, and he's all in black garb. Huh. He's injured, and the sister keeps asking about her husband. The uh, bro asks, and he's pretty seriously injured. The bro asks why she left him for the husband. And she says, because of you. And she says, um, she asks him to say something, and he does that, my lips are eternally sealed so they do the little ritual and the bro says that their love deserves to live and that any rules that say it's not appropriate those are not rules they should have follow um so then they start making out and everything goes so weird we see with naked women uh we see visions of the murders that happened and the bro gets up and he sees Blythe coming for him from a mirror. So he grabs a sword and said, this time the victim was his sister and Blythe went too far. So are we to assume then he just murdered his sister? No, I don't believe no. he murdered his sister. I believe Blythe was coming to tell him to kill to his murder. sister. He was getting that drive because his drive all along was, I can't get my sister. So yeah, clip. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but his drive is because he can't fuck his sister. He's been killing the women that remind him of his sister to yeah. really leave that pressure if you will 
Yeah, he, well, he starts slashing mirrors, and then he runs outside, calling out Blythe. He does even the 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 spell to call him out while he's holding the sword. All of a sudden, Blythe shows up, and it's the bro with heavy mascara on. They both have the same sword, but this time, the bro falls from his already sustained wound. So, obviously, he was the one charging at the husband, and the husband shot him a couple times. Yes. And as he bleeds out, he says, this time, you come with me, and the bro dies. Roll credits. All right, now, there was a point in some of this where the brother talks to the sister about an unbelievable pressure that is building up in him, and if they can just do the ritual again together, it will be okay. Yeah. The ritual that he is discussing is a ritual that summons Blythe that has to, in some way, involve incest. Mm -hmm. I feel as though their father was the one who was summoning Blythe, and I believe he was sexually abusing his children and or watching them fuck as part of this quote-unquote ritual. I think they were the victims of ritual sexual abuse because of their father. But he didn't count on the fact that they would fall in love with each other and or remember what was happening and therefore they have this drive to always have sex because of the abuse because that's how they relate to each other that's how they feel that they're in love because they were forced into this together as brother and sister from the father so the whole demon of incest or ritualistic thing I think is just a way of telling a story of these kids were sexually abused by their father who fleed because of witchcraft charges which involved him making his kids fuck for his own joy and when he ran away they were left to fend for themselves with no idea to figure out what was going on with their feelings. As they grew up, things got worse and worse. The brother might have remembered a little bit more about the ritualistic stuff and took on the name and clearly had a severe mental breakdown whenever he had those fits that they were talking about where he kept screaming Blythe. He believed he was possessed and did all of these actions. That's if you don't take the supernatural angle that that was an actual demon that was within him. If you want to take that aspect of it, then the father was sexually abusing the children with this ritualistic thing to summon the demon it was successful it lived in the father who was continually sexually abusing both of his kids and murdering to keep Blythe in the power and all of that stuff he gets caught he goes and flees but he dies while fleeing and when he dies the demon passes on to the next in line the child the son I like that yeah, I, I agree with that second part mainly because I like going with the supernatural stuff so. right but I mean the but movie, either way the movie yeah, doesn't either way that's a that's a good what happened the movie doesn't really tell us specifically whether or not this is a supernatural happenstance it leaves it up enough in your own mind where you can decide whether or not you're seeing a man lose his mind dealing with some of the abuse that he's lived with and perpetuated to other people or you could take the total ideal of there was actual witchcraft this is totally a supernatural thing he really was a haunted man and the possession was passed on to him because it is a demon of incest so therefore it must follow a family line I'm assuming because that, yeah. would, that would make sense um, and the father is the one who originally summoned him by making his kids fuck for this ritual which is yeah. sexual abuse no matter how you put it because exactly. they were prob- more than likely too young to even consent to this sort of thing and were mm-hmm. more than likely forced um, yeah. I'm assuming that the family that fleed is the same one who died I think he died on the road trying to get away probably yeah I think he was going to be on trial for witchcraft so he's going to leave for England and then probably die in a fire someplace. Yeah, he probably got pad-footed and burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> like on the road while fleeing, more than likely, you know. Um someone who's fleeing from the law is very easy to rob. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> if they have anything, because they can't really seek the law to help them stop you from robbing them. So that would make sense. But the, there's a lot of this stuff where the film just kind of lets you leave it open to your interpretation. And our line may be completely different than what other people are seeing. But we definitely line up on the ritualistic sexual abuse, whether or not actual supernatural stuff is where we defer. But my interpretation of... The father definitely abused his children. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so if you want to go the supernatural route, actual demon possession passed down to the son, and he decided to let it die with him because he didn't actually give it to the sister where they would make a kid and keep this going or whatever it's going to be. He decided not to live in incest or whatever. The reason that I don't think it's a demon side and the reason why I lean more towards it's his own mental state is because if he was truly demon possessed he would be living in incest with his sister and the demon wouldn't want to take the sister too the reason i think it's supernatural is because uh blythe looked just like the brother but with the heavy eye shadow and that's always uh actually that's always that's always um magical is eyeshadow. So, you know, that's where I come from. <laughs> or maybe you just didn't really get the feelings you had seeing him with all that heavy eyeshadow on and you were just like, he's got to be demonic because this is stirring feelings in me I don't want. No, it's proven. Heavy eyeshadow is is mystical. It's magic shit. I mean, David Copperfield, all that kind of shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So heavy eyeshadow is evidence of magical power and demonic possession. Correct. Yes. Yes. So the smoky eye look is therefore evil. Yes. Yes. You go for the smoky look. It's evil. You, 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 you are opening the door to the devil. <laughs> All right. So as long or as maybe it's not, not even the devil, but at least the mystics. <laughs> as long as it's not demon possession, incest is okay. Then no, that's still bad. <laughs> right. So two consenting adults can't do what they want to do just because they're brother and sister. Correct. Sorry. What if they don't have any kids? What if it's just like one time and nothing results from it? No, that's still it's still wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. I mean, wrong to me. I wouldn't do it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to tell somebody else they can't do it. As long as it's consenting, I guess it's okay. I don't know, man. I just no, no, it's not cool. Listen, we're not running a Lannister camp out here. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, demon possession is the real villain in this film. Matt. There you go. That's that's. <laughs> true (laughs) a very interesting film extremely thought-provoking you and i have both watched it at least three times now and uh every time i watch it i kind of take a little bit more different line on what if it what it is that i think i'm seeing wasn't until the third time i watched it that i was like they were the victims of ritual abuse from the father because i heard him specifically say to the sister he had something about a build-up of pressure and needed the ritual again which was code for them fucking i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure you're right yeah very interesting film what a shock and a surprise for just being one of those films that i was like i'd never even heard of before and i'm so glad it's found its way into my collection the way that it did what a wonderful happy surprise yeah total happy surprise yeah it was a good movie (laughs) makes you makes you wonder yeah it really got my my juices flowing and my thoughts provoked and there was a whole shit ton of thank you movies and oh god no movie don't yeah And blood spattered boobs everywhere. So, yes, awesome. Yeah, Yeah, of course you're into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) consensual blood spattered boobs are good. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I don't. Okay. (laughs) It's possible. Just don't try to think about it too much or you'll just get even more creeped out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're going to take another break here. We're going to play the Geek Radio Daily promo. We're going to have a little bit more music that fits along with the movie's gothic style and when we come back we're gonna do some psyop news with matt back in the house 
Are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery? Is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world? To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a Sweekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. announcements i gotta make before we actually get into the news segment here um, all right yeah this is gonna make a lot of people sad but matt is gonna be extremely happy for this uh matt you already kind of know what's happening but our 300th episode we are going to be hitting in the second week of may that we'll be recording okay that means we can't do may mate and still have the 300 run full franchise fest plan that i wanted to do so we're not gonna have may mate in may don't get too happy, though, because there's also a March. So we're going to have March Mate, so it's coming even sooner. Oh! <laughs> well, why? <laughs> we got to be running out of Mate films, right? Um, I found some more. And there are, there are plenty more films, but I want to let everyone know in advance what we're going to be covering. We're going to be doing a Nazi exploitation Mate film, SS Girls, also known as the Private House of the SS or something along those lines. But if you look up on IMDb, SS How Girls. How many fucking movies did this guy make? A shitload. And they were all other people's movies with a new title. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna also cover Rats Nights of Terror. We're gonna cover Cruel Jaws, and we're gonna cover the Zombie Mate classic Hell of the Living Dead. Those are the Hi. four March Mate flicks that'll be coming up, pretty much in the order that we're gonna be doing them in as well. <laughs> you got so excited that it was gonna be no May Mate, but then you were so heartbroken that there's gonna be a March Mate, which means it's even sooner. <coughs> I think I'm getting sick again. <laughs> we have less than seven weeks before March Mate kicks in. Oh fuck. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
<laughs> well, the only thing that's going to make you feel better is to bring me some psyops. Because from Ken, that's our boy Ken from Rhode Island. Boy Ken from Rhode Island, main man with chainsaw, steals McDonald's meal and chases manager in parking lot. This is like traces of death, fucked a porno. Portland, Maine. On Tuesday around 3:30 p.m., a man in Portland uh, was arrested after multiple 911 calls reported that a man was chasing people with a chainsaw at McDonald's. Go responding off a petri dish. Responding officers found the man at a nearby inn, and he was arrested without further incident. Police say the man, identified as 26-year-old Alice Sweet, walked behind the counter and revved the chainsaw at employees who were preparing food. He then stole a drink and some food. Uh, I, yeah, give that man a McRib. And Listen, there's a lot of laying around. We all love the McRib, okay? We understand that it's only back for a limited time, but you gotta settle down. I make money from my sex work. Investigators say Sweet chased the McDonald's manager and we confronted in the parking lot. Why don't you confront someone with the chainsaw? I just, here's your food. Go. Bye. See ya. Go ahead and leave, please. Sweet also allegedly damaged two vehicles in the parking lot with the chainsaw. Sweet was charged with robbery, criminal mischief, and refusing to submit to arrest and violation of conditions of release. So, to hell with the police. Guy. You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Old cops are bumbling dummies. <laughs> that cock and shit's like metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the guy used a chainsaw to hold up a fast food joint for a McRib. Uh, uh, some food. They didn't say, but I mean, come on, it's got to be the McRib. If, if it's not the McRib, why are you doing it now? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have held the place up with a chainsaw years ago? Of course it's waiting for the McRib. But why a chainsaw? Well, maybe that's all he had in the fucking house, you know? Yeah, but like it requires two hands, so how are you getting the food out of there? You know what, man? Uh... I don't know, maybe... Listen, I think if you're going to a McDonald's with the chainsaw to get a McRib, uh, you're probably not thinking about the exit plan. You know what I mean? <laughs> you essentially are standing there forcing someone to feed you the McRib while you rev up the chainsaw threateningly and hope yeah. that they don't get brave enough to do something to hurt you before you can get the chainsaw around to them. What about the McDonald's manager? What a set on them. They're like, nope, you know what? This guy's leaving, but I got to go out to the parking lot and just admonish them a little bit, even though they're holding the fucking chainsaw. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Unless there's no chain on that, you're just begging yourself to get <laughs> fucked up for no reason. I I'm just saying, the man's no longer in the store. The immediate threat's over, and this manager went, fuck it, I'm going out there, and we're gonna, I'm making shit happen, right? No one comes into my fucking store. <laughs> he is paying $2.99 for that shit sandwich we just fed him. <laughs> fuck that. No, Nobody gets shit for free around here. Get back right, in let's here, go you fucking some assholes. <laughs> well, you, why don't you put that chainsaw down, pussy? Let's see what you got. <laughs> I manage a McDonald's for a living. You think I'm afraid of a chainsaw? You think I'm afraid to die? You think you're the first person this day to try to rob this place with a chainsaw? Fuck. If I had a nickel, I wouldn't have to be a manager at a McDonald's anymore. Just for every time an asshole like you showed up with a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> a chainsaw. And then you know what? I could see McDonald's using this as a as like a fucking thing. Hey, listen, the big rip's so popular, people come with a chainsaw. No one's 
going to Burger King. No one likes their food that much. <laughs> it's important to note that our food service industry workers deserve a lot more respect than to be threatened with a chainsaw. Goddamn, a... they deserve a pay raise. <laughs> yeah. They to not be threatened with a chainsaw. <laughs> right. And be treated with the respect that every human being deserves. Right. Whether or not you're going in there with a shitty attitude or a chainsaw, you're still the asshole. Yeah, you're still the asshole. <laughs> Listen, Karen, you going in there bitching at them about food prices <laughs> is no better than the guy going in there with a fucking chainsaw, okay? You're an asshole just like that person is, Karen. <laughs> Except your chainsaw is your fucking privilege. Yeah, yeah, your chainsaw is your white fucking privilege, you fucking cunt. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Sorry, I went All blind with rage you there. don't want on your day. America is a bunch of cunts. <laughs> we really are. Uh, let's do another story. This is a short fucking episode. All right. Uh, this one comes from Chris. Um, it's our boy Chris in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ouroboros steak grow your own human meat kit is technically not cannibalism. Ah, uh, listening. All right. A group of American scientists and designers had developed a concept for grow your own steak kit using human cells and blood to uh, 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 using human cells and blood to question the ethics of the cultured meat industry. I mean, they're lesbian vampires. Why would they want to put their teeth in man meat? I mean, that is a good question. Uh, fuck it. Right. Our bros steak, and I don't even think I'm saying that right, could be grown by the diner at home using their own cells, which are harvested from the inside of their cheek, and fed serum derived from expired donated blood. And I'm pretty sure the drug taste is just going to ruin the taste of man meat. <laughs> the resulting bite-sized pieces of meat currently on display as prototypes at the Beasley Designs of Year exhibi exhibition are created entirely without causing harm to animals. The creators argued that this cannot be said about the growing selection of cultured meat made from animal cells. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Despite the lab-grown meat industry claiming to offer a more sustainable, cruelty-free alternative to factory farming, the process still relies on fetal bovine serum as a protein-rich growth supplement for animal cultures. FBS, which costs around 300 to 700 per liter, is derived from the blood of calf fetuses after their pregnant mothers are slaughtered by the meat or dairy industry. I'm already getting so arrested. Lab I might as well grab this guy's dick. So lab-grown meat remains a byproduct of polluting agricultural practices much like regular meat i got nothing for meat sorry I, 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 yeah um <laughs> the fetal bovine serum costs significant amounts of money and the lives of animals said scientist andrew pelling who developed the Arobros steak with industrial designer grace knight and artist and researcher orkan Tellan. Although some lab-grown meat companies are claiming to have solved this problem, to our knowledge, no independent, peer-reviewed scientific studies have validated these claims, Pelling continued. As the lab-grown meat industry is developing rapidly, it's important to develop designs that expose some of its underlying constraints in order to see beyond the hype. Arborough's steak, named after the ancient symbol of the snake eating its own tail, cuts out the need for other animals by drawing exclusively on human blood and cells. The version on display at London's Design Museum was made using human cell cultures, which can be purchased for research and development purposes from the American Tissue Culture Collection. They were fed with human serum derived from expired blood donations that would otherwise have been discarded or incinerated. Holy shit. 
Amuse-bouche size steaks were preserved in resin and laid out on a plate complete with a placemat silverware as a tongue-in-cheek nod to the American diner culture. As part of the do-it-yourself kit, the team envisions users collecting cells on the inside of their own cheek, using a cotton swab and depositing them into pre-grown scaffolds made from mushroom mycelium. Fuck, this is science. For around three months, uh, these are stored in a warm environment such as a low-temperature oven and fed with human serum until steak is fully grown. Expired human blood is a waste material in the medical system and is cheaper and more sustainable than FBS, but culturally less accepted. People think that eating oneself is cannibalism, which technically this is not, said Knight. Our design is scientifically and economically feasible, but also ironic in many ways, Telhan added. We are not promoting eating ourselves as a realistic solution that will fix humans' protein needs. We'd rather ask a question, what would be the sacrifices we need to make to be able to keep consuming meat at the pace that we are? In the future, who will be able to afford animal meat and who will have no other option other than culturing meat from themselves? Although no lab-grown meat has so far approved for sale in any part of the world, the market is estimated to be worth about $206 million and expected to grow to $527 million by 2025, largely due to increasing environmental and ethical concerns of mass rearing, mass rearing of livestock for human consumption. So, there you go. Uh, apparently, it's not, even though you're eating human it's technically cannibalism but it's technically not because it's growing meat based on those cells but if it's human meat that it's growing and technically it's your meat then yeah but if either way it's like auto cannibalism in that case but like either way if it has the basic cell structure and components of human meat when you eat it that's your body's going to reject that we're actually built to be like incapable of eating other humans we're it's like a it's a slog to be able to force your digestive system to adjust to that it's aberrant in every way biologically speaking to eat your own kind you know like we're not built to be able to digest it easily like cannibals have a problem whenever they actually try to consume other people it's not something that can be easily done and so it's and scientifically yeah your your body's gonna fight against it and reject it yeah Yeah. say that's that's fucking that's a no for me yeah Yeah, it's it does happen you have to train your body to be able to actually live on other people you know it's 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 a thing that is actually you've done a fair bit of research on this court psyop so what are you a cop (laughs) no (laughs) i mean old cops are bumbling dummies right what i'm getting at here is if that's the case what they're trying to sell here better be be different enough from a human being otherwise all they're doing is trying to make people eat something that's going to just make them sick in the long run anyway and that makes them absolutely no better than the fast food industry and their fucking McRib yeah which might be human meat we're not exactly sure. <laughs> no, it's it's like 97% circus animal which yeah. is human yeah. meat 90, 97% circus animal 3% filler <laughs> <laughs> which is 97% circus animal and 3% filler yeah 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 <laughs> Like it's like meat filler circus animal inception in the McRib. Yeah, it's that's why it, then they put a chemical in it that makes you crave it fortnightly. No, that's the kernel of his wee beady eyes and the chicken. Wee beady eyes. <laughs> We're fucking delirious and you're all COVID brain. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna cut this off. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you back up to a better fighting shape before we try and do this kind of shit. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost back, guys. I'm almost 100%. <laughs> Our bits are withering on the vine faster than human meat in a lab-grown incident. 
<laughs> Listen, man, just take a few cells out of your cheek and it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost as good as eating a cow, only not at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And with that, folks, we're going to take the final break here. We're going to play the ending Legion promo. We're going to have a little bit more music that fits in with the gothic atmosphere of life. Demon of incest. And when we come back, we will close out this weird as fuck show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion podcast network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. That's creepy as fuck. I'm getting the willies. Right? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know who did that, but good lord, that royalty-free little piece of music was quite impressive. Most impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> If you'd like to find other instances where we quote the Emperor and sometimes myself unwittingly, you can find our previous instances of the show, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can also join our Facebook group where I'm posting all sorts of memes and all sorts of crazy ass weird memes that I don't even fully understand anymore. I've been starting to get posted in our cinema psyops group on Facebook. I got to admit, Matt, uh, there's a lot of those that are going in there that are going in way over my head. I'm like, wait, did we actually say? 
say this? What is this? There's what not this for mean? you to understand, you old fogey. <laughs> yes, uh, I've reached the point where I'm no longer what it is, and what it is now scares me. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll happen to you someday. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It totally will, because I never yeah. thought it would happen to me, and it has. I have no idea what memes are about me anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> they yeah, actually I get don't posted know. in that group. I'm like, wait, what? How does this have to do with me? This, it's this happening. Is, are you guys making fun of us or not? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I'm hurt and a little pissed. <laughs> I'm massively confused and now becoming angry about it. Quite agitated. <laughs> I'm getting so angry, I'm going to watch Fox News about this. Yeah, maybe they'll tell me how to feel. <laughs> you can reach me on Facebook and tell me to fuck off with all this talk. Court Psyops. You can reach <laughs> Matt on Facebook as Matt Psyop, and maybe he'll actually respond to all those wonderful well wishes you sent. Yeah, probably not. You can email feedback to Matt Psyop, Matt at gmail.com, where you can be like, hey, I wrote this letter perfect. I know it got to you and stand all over him. Matt at gmail.com. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let them know that Eminem's no longer cool and this is why you're no longer with it. And that's why what it is scares you. Cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Oh man, I'm so nervous around things I don't know about. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the porn bot filled shit fest that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. Seriously, Matt, just like start following porn bots. It's it's awesome. Twitter's awesome is again. It, is, it, is it awesome when you just follow porn bots? I, I Yeah, and I block all people that promote tweets. <laughs> it's become so much more enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> I'm also still having a great time on the Instagram where I am cinema underscore psyops where I'm following all the alt models and the various folks driving it to don't you even fucking say the word only fans or you'll get sucker fucked <laughs> Yeah, <big laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Matt, it's great to have you back at the show even though we're rusty as fuck and we need to get our yep. game faces back on but we got plenty of time to do that before we even hit March Mate. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole year's planned out. The whole year is loaded up in the drives and ready to go, guys. We just have to get our noses to the grindstone to bring you a show yeah. every fucking week from here on out. All right. <laughs> and Matt's going to do his damnedest to be back into fighting shape by next week for you guys. Yes. A little bit less COVID-brained. <laughs> So what I would suggest is that everyone develop their own training montage for next week, kick the fuck out of it, and make it your bitch. Wow, you sound really distant and far away. Do I? Oh, hold on a second. Maybe your Skype settings got hosed and you got to set it back to your snowball. No, no, no. How does it sound now? Much better. Yeah, no, I unplugged my snowball on accident there. <laughs> 
I was moving. I was moving the mic, and then boom. <laughs> Let's chalk that up to brain fog from COVID. Yeah. Let's call yeah, it right. that. The COVID brain. <laughs> Uh, you sound good. You That's feeling still, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling better. So I'm eating again, which is nice. <laughs> um, I still get. I still actually do get the COVID fog on occasion, but I hear that shit that can last up to like six months. Yeah, it sort of lessens over time, I suppose. And I guess it depends upon the harder time you had with it on how long yeah. that, that sticks around with the fog and feeling kind of out of it. I've had some really severe illnesses that have done that to me though, too, where your brain just doesn't process shit right for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Not like my brain did all that much anyway. <sighs> Fuck it. That's why I've used intravenous drugs and alcohol just to lessen the damage there. I'm already recording, so yeah. So <laughs> why don't you start recording your side, yeah. Yeah, I am recording now. One, two, three. This is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> You hear that? Oh, okay? you've been hanging onto that one in your back pocket. <laughs> uh, I just basically wanted to play that one and the normal one that I do when I make sure you can hear things. Uh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're recording on your side. We did the clap. Yeah. Uh, you have all your notes. Did you rewatch the movie just to refresh or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of had to, too. It's been two fucking weeks, even though, yeah. you know. Um, I, I did all new notes just because my COVID notes were fucking outlandish. So. <laughs> I almost want you to record some of your COVID notes, like, <laughs> on your own and just, like, give it to me to submit to people. <laughs> I mean, literally, I think at one point it was like, bro wants to dig sis's vagina big time. The fuck movie. And then that was, like, it for, like, an hour. And that was, like, I had to go back and watch, rewatch an hour of it. <laughs> It's a good thing you did read. We did notes then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I watched an hour of the movie without taking notes. That's what my COVID brain did to me. <laughs> Oddly enough, your COVID brain still got the gist of the plot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it is that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's stop wasting all this gold. Let's let's get moving. You heard the the, the not the sickness with which I am down pretty well. That that played okay on your side. Yeah, yeah. Everything played great. All right, let's get this done then. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> I made you lose your place again. Sorry. Not not exactly. I had to I had to grab the non squeaky chair. Uh, I forgot I didn't change it out, so I was moving around. <laughs> oh, fun editing for me. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Luckily, I didn't move that much, so you should be all right. everyone develop their own training montage for next week kick the fuck out of it and make it your bitch wait are they kicking the fuck out of the training montage or the training montage uh, for the week i don't know 
uh, dude, I, I fucking lost you halfway through that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that made no sense. Fuck it, it doesn't matter. We're done. All right, fuck it. We don't make any sense anyway. <laughs> when did Cinema Psyops ever need to make sense? <laughs> that's just never, that's not a thing. <laughs> it's never been a thing. I closed that window. I can't bring that up now. <laughs> I can't play well, the I, I've, I've stopped recording on my side.